you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, the utant to my Jimmy, the boss to my Vic Haas, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Is it? Is this you just, like, testing out some, uh, um, actually, uh, um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I've done this before. I've done it. Okay. I, I, I mix it up every time. I called you the Captain of My America in the first Avengers. And oh, okay. I've done it before. This just um, tells me you have not been paying attention for the last 100 and... That's true. I, I, I kind of glaze until there's like a second of silence and then I just start talking. You just don't pay attention until I say your name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But hey, what's up, you uh, <laughs> shimp, shrimp shack shooter? Yeah, Captain Geese of the Shrimp Shack. Oh, that's what I should have said. The Captain Geese of my Shrimp Shack shooters. Damn it. All right, we're starting over. Coming soon to a theater near you. God. No opening bits. Uh, no opening bits. Before ever. we get our guest out on the field, what did you think of that thing you do? Um, I, I really liked it. It was the first time I ever seen it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do a live blog because um, I was kind of tired when I first started it. But I, I I really liked it. It played like a biopic, but it wasn't a biopic, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, something that I found out... Um, because I was just looking stuff up about the movie while I was watching it. And mm-hmm. um, apparently Tom Hanks wrote this. He came up with the idea or most of the script while on a press tour for Forrest mm-hmm. Gump. Because he was got he got so bored going to all the press junkets and stuff. He like between the while he was between places, he just mm-hmm. worked on this script. And by the end of it, he had like basically a finished product. Um, I thought that was interesting. All he needed was the Fountains of Wayne lead singer to write a hit song that they could play eight times during the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the lead singer of Fountains of Wayne, our guest this week is my sister, Megan Noel. <laughs> Megan, welcome to The Equalizers. I we, We've just committed to bad segues. Um, that's so. fine. I, I wasn't sure. Well, because he died last year, and that's why I was not sure where this was headed. But <laughs> hello. He died in my arms. For the record, my sister is not the lead singer of Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> Hello, welcome Hello. to the Equalizers for the first time. And if anybody says anything differently, they're wrong and stupid. Wink. <laughs> you got to audibly say wink. You can't just wink at me. You just can't wink at us. Hey, you know what? You're not. You don't tell her what to do. <laughs> Mind your own fucking business, Madison. I feel like this band is gonna break up uh, before we I probably. Even get started. Is there is there a wolf man? Do you have a wolf man in the wings in case one of you quits? I'm uh, I'm definitely the fool. I am definitely the Steve Zahn in this scenario, I think. Oh, listeners will agree. I'm Jimmy. I mean, there's no way I'm not alone in my principles. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh man, I wish I'd worked that in somewhere. Oh, no, yeah, I uh, I accept that argument. I would maybe also accept the argument that you're the guy based on <laughs> Based on some separate mental work I've done, uh, sorting the wonders into Harry Potter houses, I think that guys, the Ravenclaw. Okay, let's get that out on the field. What's the what's the supplemental work? Well, here? I feel like if you work off the premise that all four houses are represented, then Lenny is obviously the the. Mm. Um, back that up. That's not what I mean. TB, the bass player, is obviously the Hufflepuff, mm-hmm, and then for sure. Jimmy is. Well, I guess Jimmy is this maybe the I don't know maybe I haven't done enough work but the the whole point of this is that I think Guy is probably the Ravenclaw sure yeah and Jimmy I think Jimmy has some like Slytherin yeah. energy like he seems very like <laughs> Jimmy has big Slytherin energy yeah big yeah. big Slytherin energy because he's kind of like slimy yeah. and kind of just like kind of like edge lord yeah. although all the from time. like a conniving <laughs> standpoint I feel like maybe that Lenny's got that so it's it's not cut and dried i mean obviously we did they didn't have a sorting hat on the set of i mean tom hanks looks the most slytherin oh yeah oh yeah if we're expanding it like beyond the core four then mr white is mm-hmm. probably a slytherin but where's charlie Theron slot in i don't know which house would cheat on their boyfriend with their dentist <laughs> i guess that's what i'm really asking gryffindor for yeah sure. i mean hermione's parents were that's dentists true. but i mean were they gryffindor no, they were true they were muggles so then so charlie Theron's a yeah. muggle got it yeah. okay 
Yeah. That tracks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah. like, do wizards yeah. even have dentists? That's the thing. Is Are there dentists in the wizarding world if you can just fix your own teeth? I mean, there apparently weren't toilets in the wizarding world for a long time, so who knows? They just pull their teeth out and then magic them away. I don't know. Yeah. Lenny, because that's the, uh, that's Steve yeah. Zahn, right? That's Steve mm-hmm. Zahn. The rooftop killer. Yeah, the rooftop killer. I think there's a case where he's a Gryffindor if you see Gryffindor, because I've always seen Gryffindor as kind of, like, golden retriever dogs. Yeah. Like, kind of just, like, very happy and, like, very, like, up for some adventure and stuff. So, like, I could see Lenny as Gryffindor if, like, you really wanted to well, place also, it. Well, also, too, because there's at least some circles where the, like, the courage and bravery that comes with Gryffindor on the extreme end becomes recklessness, and that's definitely... Lenny is definitely... The reckless one. I mean, that's yeah. also Giovanni Rabisi's well, yeah. character then, because leaping over parking well, meters I mean, is TV pretty was, reckless. Well, he was trying to do it, and he couldn't. But, yeah, I mean, Chad, I guess Chad could be a Gryffindor. Chad. I love Chad. <laughs> I love Chad in this movie. He's just this fucking guy that replaces Guy. <laughs> he replaces him and his family. He's like the <laughs> other son. Like, or whatever. <laughs> like, he just like... Oh, you're gonna take my spot in the band? Or... Take your spot, your family. Well, it's just like he comes in. Guy leaves, then this other dude comes in and became comes the new son of this family for some reason. He's like having dinner with them and watching TV. I'm like, why did Tom Hanks write that character for any reason? <laughs> like besides just like it's kind of funny, maybe. No, um, that's probably just it. I mean, there's really not much going on in this movie other than it's then like kind of funny and also delightful. Like there's not. There is a plot, but yeah. there isn't, kind of. Sure. It's just the rise and fall of this band. and mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in a lot of bands in history, too, there's always, or not always, but often the guy who, for whatever reason, left the band right before it became huge. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe that's yeah. the point The point of Chad. Yeah. Is that what you're calling your secret? No. The point of Chad? <laughs> no, I, I Chad. joked I was going to call it Chad's Revenge, but that... It's not actually what okay. I what I ended up with. I mean, I suppose we could call it that anyway. But someone says revenge is just basically the um, title I give any sequel off the top of my head. I have a question. I think this is a question usually Mike asks, but like, um, mm-hmm. what is your all's relationship with this movie? Is this like one of your favorite movies, or like have you watched this a lot, or is um, what is this kind of like? Um, well, why 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 this I, movie? Yes, I guess. this is one of my all time favorites. I saw this. For the first time when I was, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12. Um, and have just always loved it. So I could, I could probably just, in lieu of a pitch, quote the entire original movie for you right now. That's the level of rewatching that I have done on the... Yes, I'll do all I'll, start, yeah. I'll do the music. I'm your girl and I'm your girl. You got me all tied up in nuts. I'm loving you nuts and nuts. Credit. I think legally yeah. it's as far as we can do <laughs> <laughs> for me i call this my favorite rom-com because it's mostly calm with some rom i very much enjoy how the movie at least the theatrical cut doesn't like rub your nose and guy and Faye a lot like look at it look at it they're gonna be, they're in love look at it like um sure they just like have some nice moments and at the end they're like oh shit yeah i think we like each other and then that's kind of it and like i don't know i i, I find that much more realistic than a lot of rom-coms where they're just like I guess I, I already said rubbing your nose in it, but that feels like the most apt metaphor. I mean, look at the last hanky we did. It was, um, um, you've got mail and they yeah. pretty much just push your face into the screen until you wanted those two people to end up together. I, I appreciate you called it a hanky. Cause I, I uh-huh. thought about calling it that like towards the beginning and uh, yeah. I, I, I bailed on it. So I'm glad you called it a hanky. Last episode, we decided to call Tom Hanks movies hankies. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. yeah, there wasn't a reason we just did it. Um, this is our third hanky, right? Yeah, Mazes I, and Monsters, uh, that You've Got Mail, and Now That Thing You Do. The the three most famous films that he's done. Yes, yeah. Kind of the breadth of his career. Honestly, because mm-hmm. I think Mazes and Monsters was like one of his first, if not the first thing It's like did. his first credited leading man role. It's a TV yeah. movie, technically, but okay. I think it's on as IMDb goes, his first like main man credited role. Yeah. And you've got mail is arguably kind of like the default kind of movie when you I think when a lot of people think about Tom Hanks like I think that like at least that I think like um, I would and say Forrest then, Gump maybe more but maybe Forrest Gump point. yeah 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 for sure um, and then this is the first movie that he wrote and directed so mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of a good breath of of the hanky wide variety of hankies <laughs> my favorite 
My favorite Legend of Zelda game. <laughs> Breath of the Hanky. Yeah. Does anybody have anything else that they want to talk about with the movie? Besides that, the uh, the guy who plays Guy looks like Tom Hanks. <laughs> it looks like a young Tom Hanks. A lot of reviews like, were dinging, not dinging the movie, but talking about how Tom Hanks clearly cast, quote unquote, his younger self. Yeah. Well, something that I looked up, because when I was looking up stuff, and when I say look up, I mean, I looked in the IMDb trivia section, and that's where I find out a lot of the fun facts about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Hanks didn't want to cast that guy, which is, his name is tom everett scott mm-hmm. um originally because he he was worried that he did look too much like young tom hanks and he didn't like that about him but apparently like rita wilson like convinced him to do it because he was still a very good actor rita wilson just wanted to hit on him in the bar like you yeah, have to cast yeah. this guy like, five minutes in this movie where we have yeah yeah i thought her character was going to be way a way bigger character like like going forward but it just well, she just wasn't and um the when Faye shows up at the tv studio the usher who helps her inside is colin hanks mm-hmm. like a young colin hanks and when she's yeah. when she's dress shopping like it's part of the right before that in the montage she's like at the mall or whatever the mall the store holding up the dress there's like a bored girl in the background and that's tom hanks's daughter yeah <laughs> oh really <laughs> the whole family chet hanks played phil the manager in eerie they use old up makeup yeah ron howard's brother's in this movie a lot of people are in this movie <laughs> i mean yes well. of course he is there's a lot of people yeah. brian cranston's in this movie kevin feige's in this movie uh the guy who played the um the dad on the tv version peter of Scalari. honey i shrunk the kids <laughs> What's show up? peter scololi i yeah. know his name but that is also my reference point for peter scolari <laughs> every time i see him <laughs> Yeah, that show was awesome. I like I like that show. I mean, Peter Scolari was on Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks, so I think that's mm-hmm. sort of the point of putting Peter Scolari in it for like two seconds. Oh, is okay, sort of a nod to that, and also, I mean, it, I, it does seem like Tom Hanks got his first directing gig, and then just put yeah. all oh, of yeah, his I friends so. in various roles. Oh, yeah. And Kevin Pollock is yeah. one of the guys. I'm not begrudging that to him. It was just like looking at it this time, watching it, I was noticing a lot more of like, oh yeah, Steve Zahn was in You've oh, Got well, Mail. I didn't okay, know that. that makes sense. And oh yeah, Peter Scolari from Bosom Buddies. I haven't seen him Yeah, um, he works in the Meg Ryan's bookshops. Uh, he's yeah. also the rooftop killer and don't let anybody tell you differently. Okay. Did that come out before or after? Before, I believe. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, he looked younger uh, in You've Got Mail. This came out in 96. I think you you got mail was the ninety seven actually I think it came after. Oh, but who um, knows when they were filmed? It's probably pretty much. Uh, ninety eight okay. is you've got mail. Got it. Got it. I knew it was pre two thousand, but um, cool. Well, I like this movie. Madison it sounds like you like this movie, and Megan liked this yeah. movie. Um, it may surprise you to learn that other people had some opinions. Uh, I went down to the letterbox, Madison, and I got some reviews here for us off of the. Goodreads for Movies uh, app Letterboxd. Um, our first review comes from Holly Beth, who has a pro rating, gave us three and a half stars. I love Tam Honks in your review. <laughs> Isn't that from something? I think so. Tam I can't Honks. place it, but that sounds familiar to me. It came up a number of times, like maybe so it must be. I assumed it was just a bit. Like an SNL kind of thing. It looks like it's from the 2014 ah, okay. uh, Golden Globes. That's right. Oh, uh, okay. It was like a joke. Or they made okay, so not Parks and Rec or SNL, but I was in the ballpark. Tam Hanks. That that makes this less funny to me in a way, just because I thought it was somebody who just mispronounced Tom Hanks's name, but no. apparently it's a reference. We hate references here. Our next review comes from Pedro, who gave this three stars. Like Hanks himself, cheery, white, decidedly harmless, very clearly a vanity project, but almost strictly for fun. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, like Hanks himself, colon, cheery, white, decidedly harmless. Jesus Christ. Very clearly a vanity project, but almost strictly for fun and conflict-free. 90s Liv Tyler. End of review. It's 90s Liv Tyler. I almost didn't get that review, and now I'm glad I did. Uh, I just love, like Hanks himself, cheery, white, decidedly harmless. Jesus Christ. I'd say that's probably, like, a really yeah. good description of Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. just as, like, a like an entity in uh, Hollywood. Yeah, I'm like I I I can't be mad mm-hmm. about that because it's 
the biggest critique that of this movie that I actually like give some weight to is mostly about Lamar at the end of the movie, who kind of le- like starts to flirt with the like magical Negro yeah. trope a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a thing that like people pointed out. It wasn't like a big like sticking point. It was more of like that just seemed like a weird thing at the end all of a sudden. Yeah, he just looked directly at the camera, like mm-hmm. kind of just like like he's aware of what's going on, <laughs> like or something like. Is he a lich too, Madison? Is he now just like Don Knotts in Pleasantville? Nah, I, think just a, I think he's just a guy who really cares about Liv Tyler and <laughs> Tom Everett something. Scott. Yes, Scott. He really cares if they hook up. That he really cares. Our next review comes from Phil, who got right to the point of this movie. Hey, idiot. You like this song? Yeah. You like music? Stupid. Here, listen to it again, you idiot. Yeah, again. More. More. Stupid. Here it is again. Fuck you, idiot! Stupid idiot! Idiot! End of review. Jesus, I do like I I did never did get tired of the song. It's a mm-hmm. like it was a pretty good song, and like it is funny that it is like the only song that is played throughout most of the movie. Like, there's like a score that they make that kind of ties into it a little bit during the montage or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it is funny. It is mainly the only song in the movie almost. Um, yeah, they play a couple of the other Oneaters um, hits, but they don't... Yeah, I don't know that anything else gets played in full, except yeah. for maybe Dance With Me Tonight at the whatever state... The one that Lenny sings at the state fair. The one that Lenny sings. Maybe they play the whole thing. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, basically the, the... Which is, like, a pretty accurate thing sure. for a lot of these bands. This, oh, yeah, this guy also. Which was a good song. Like, I like that one a little mm-hmm. bit more. I think yeah. maybe I like that one because it just, like, was a little bit refreshing because it wasn't the same song. Come on! And also not Lover's Lament crap. Like, it was still peppy, but not that thing yeah. you do. Um, it also has a, one of our mom's favorite bits where, uh, as the drum beat hits, Tom Hanks, who's got his arms crossed all the time, just, like, does, like, this motion like that in time with the beat, or, like, the whatever breakdown. Just gives mm-hmm. him a little bit of fun character. Um, but speaking of never getting tired of the song, Aaron Siskind, also pro-rating, uh, did not give us a star rating, but the review it does say, this is drugs. End of review. Okay. Um, and our last review comes from McHassen. McHassen, also a pro rating, gave us three and a half stars. And this is more of a prompt than a review. Honestly, try to name a movie Steve Zahn shouldn't be in. Can't be done. He's pretty on. He's pretty on it through most of his career. I think. I, I say that with an asterisk of like I only know a handful of movies he's in. I think. Um, try to name one he shouldn't be in. Um. Amadeus. No, I think he would be amazing in that. Like, if he showed up. But he could do it. He's a really good actor. Like, this sort of broad comedy isn't necessarily the best. But he has dramatic skills that aren't. He's in in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I know he's he's a legit actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he. He has, like, this weird trajectory. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I guess I would consider this maybe his earlier career, right? Like, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know when he actually started, but, like, you've got mail this um and then like then he was like in like daddy's daycare and then he was in that like strange wilderness movie like with the which was basically an animal like documentary kind of thing like Mm -hmm. but it was like a comedy it just kind of like it got a little more like oh kind of like um it kind of got like oh dirty comedy as his test his like career went on i think a little bit and like child comedy once he started running that casino, he was he didn't have to worry about money anymore. He could do whatever movies he wanted. Yeah, yeah. He was in he was in Riding in Cars with Boys with Drew Barrymore, which I saw basically saw because I was like, oh my god, seasons in this. I want to go see it. And where he like starts out as a Lenny, but then becomes a heroin addict, okay. <laughs> like. And I was traumatized by it because I was like, oh, it's gonna be Lenny. He's Lenny. He's 
not Lenny anymore. Like, hey. What are you doing, Steve? You're Lenny. Yeah. You're Lenny, Steve. <laughs> well, anyway, that's the end of the letters that we got this week. Um, but I'll check next week for whatever we do next, and we'll keep checking that letterbox. If you have any reviews uh, that you find on letterbox or on Rotten Tomatoes frequents, you can always send them to us on Twitter at n underscore granada. Nope, that's setting granada. Well, at the equalizers. <laughs> or you can send them to us at equalizers at gmail.com. You know, go ahead and send it at, at in, or tweet them at in Granada as well. Uh, we could use some fan interactions. Yeah, we could use some fan interaction there as well. I think they'll get to us, like, no matter what, even if you do that. All right. Well, before we get to uh, Megan's pitch here, it's time for everybody's favorite show within a show, game show within a show. More like this. So, for new listeners... I'm trying going to try to d- explain the 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 show without it being too complicated. Basically, mm-hmm. I have three descriptions of movies here that um, would possibly end up in a. You also might like this section on like Netflix or something after you watch the movie. Two of them are real. One of them I wrote, and Megan and Mike have to find the one that I wrote, basically. And I realize like as time goes on, like. I know nothing about media or anything. Like, I know nothing about movies or, like, what's popular or anything. So maybe the movies I chose are, like, oh, yeah, of course they know about these movies. Of course they've heard of these movies before. But who knows? So the first movie is The Suburbans, 1999, starring Will Ferrell. In this satire of the music industry, the members of The Suburbans, a has-been 1980s band, reunite when one of them gets married. A promising young record executive sees the ensemble's performance and encouraged the Suburbans to launch a revival. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Second movie. The Art of Racing the Rain, 2019, starring Milo Ventimiglia, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Jesse from Gilmore Girls. Denny Swift is a Formula One race car driver <laughs> who understands that the technique... <laughs> the technique... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who understands the techniques needed on the racetrack can also be used to successfully navigate everyday life. Besides his career, Denny has three loves of his life. His beautiful wife, the young daughter, and his best friend, which is a dog that wants to be reincarnated into a human. Okay. This seems like distinctly your bullshit. Okay. Let me read the third one, and then... I'll allow it. So, can you feel the music? Question mark. 2007, starring Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Twin brothers struggling to keep their high school boy band careers alive after a fallout due to creative differences with previous members. The two have to move and shake to form a new boy band in time for their school's Battle of the Bands at the end of the school year. Hmm. Which one is the one I made up? The problem is the middle one, the plot is exactly the kind of thing you would come up with. I don't think you would come up with the title Racing the Rain or whatever it was called. Or would I? Do we? Are we allowed to collaborate, Mike? Or I don't know. We've never. I've never done this. We've never had a guest before. You all can work together. Seconds. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm pretty sure that that the art of racing in the rain is a real thing. Okay. Now, whether like this, at least I don't know if it's been made into a movie. It's at least a book. Okay. And uh, but I feel like I've seen ads for the movie. Now, whether I don't know whether Madison is allowed to take real movies titles and write fix synopsis <laughs> for them because I don't know anything about that movie. Wouldn't that be a zag on my part if I did that? That is a good point that I'm realizing. We have this is an extremely unregulated bit. Uh, oh so yeah, that for is sure. entirely possible. <laughs> we haven't set ground rules or bylaws to this to the to this game, the game show. That feels familiar to me. The title is definitely real. The Milo Ventimiglia thing tracks mm-hmm. for me based on the little bit that I know about this thing. So I think that one might actually be real, but I'm not sure about the other two. I also feel like I feel like the Sprouse twins is something is a poll for actors that Madison would make as a bit like because <laughs> I love them so much. No, I just I could see you looking like reaching out, like trying to find twi- a set of twins. And the first ones that would come to your mind would be oh, the okay. Sprouse twins. Um, that, that one I've not heard of. It does feel, though, like a kind of thing that would go straight to might go straight to video. Like, I can't see that being a theatrical thing, but I can definitely see it being, like... Like a Disney a Channel movie, thing. money grab thing. The Suburban sounds like a legit Will Ferrell movie, but again, it's not something that I'm, like, definitely identifying as a real thing. 
my thought though is Tom Hanks was also in a movie called The Burbs. I'm wondering if this is a oh, red herring. That came up that way. If Madison came up with the of Suburbans because of The Burbs. I love every minute of this. I love every <laughs> second of you trying to do that. That like sure trying That's to like pick apart my strategy yeah. here. The longer we do this, the more information I have, and the better I'm going to get at this. I'm going to mm-hmm. accrue wishes by the dozen. Yeah. I'm going to say the suburbans you made up. Suburbans. All right. I'm gonna. Think... Well, then I'll split because I I'm kind of on the fence. If you think that the Sprouses would be a default makeup for Madison, then I'm going to take "Can You Feel the Music" as the made up, and one of us is almost certainly right. I don't know if it's a default. It's more of just that's a hundred percent a poll that they would make for this kind of a bit. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take "Can You Feel the Music" as All the right. made up one. Megan has locked in Can You Feel the Music? Oh, I'm locked in on the Suburbans, yes. You're locked in on the Suburbans. Final answer. Yeah, I don't know what I have to do to... All right. <laughs> well, we have one winner today. Okay. One of one of these siblings is a winner. <laughs> and the other is a loser. And the other okay, one is a loser. Just before you, before you say anything, thank you for not tying us to <laughs> avoid hurt feelings, because that's a... That's definitely been a thing throughout. Deeply okay. seated uh, anger on Megan's part from yeah. when we anyway, were children. Sorry to interrupt. I was too I young to care. Wanted to get, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. So please continue. Sure. Well, um, congratulations, Megan. You are winner of <laughs> more like this. And I guess you get a wish. That's the reward. You get some sort of wish. Like you can call okay. on me, and I can, I, I have to somehow fulfill a wish somehow. <laughs> Okay. Some point oh, in, your, in your life the only rule is that it has to be within madison's power to actually like, okay. physically do it can't be like, yeah yeah i can't like conjure like a like if you want a warship i can't really do okay. that Fair enough. <laughs> you know how you do how you want to just want a warship you just want a warship <laughs> all right well with the bits out of the way megan the floor is yours i guess the stage is yours I, whatever you've I'll, been hired for from. here at villa pianos <laughs> I've... thank you all right Picture it. Miami, 1997. Following Mr. White's death, the Wonders have reunited in Miami at, at Lenny's invitation for a private group memorial. He's living there, recently divorced for the fifth time, and his wife got the bulk of his assets in the settlement, leaving him with a house he can barely afford and a dilapidated restaurant building he bought on a whim. <laughs> Brutal. Just killing Hanks right <laughs> out of the right gate. Just fucking sniped him. Just fucking... <laughs> I mean, did you hear how much people love Tam Honks? Are you sure you don't want to put him back I in mean, the movie? His ghost does not currently appear in this pitch, but I'm open to. Okay, okay. Oh, man. Tell me the ghost of Mr. White Hamlet's Jimmy. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a sense I never thought I'd say. Because so many is basically like, this guy helped change our lives. We need to give him a send-off. I've got all this room. Come down for a few days, and we'll reminisce and get drunk and jump over parking meetings. Jimmy is also at loose ends since his recent forced retirement from the record re- from the record label he founded, Third Records. And that is T H E A R D, Third Records. Like okay. like like James Madison the Third, James mm-hmm. whatever his name was the Third, but no. but heard like he did it. It looks like Theards though. Yeah, it looks like Theard. Yeah, or Thread. I keep misreading in his Thread, but Thread. Okay, that's kind of the point. Guy shows up alone offering phase regret he seems a little off but presumably that's just because mr white's dead and he's sad <laughs> chad comes as well i know before anybody writes letters that chad wasn't actually part of the mr white era like he was out of the band before mr white showed up but mm-hmm. my canon on this is just that over the years he has been considered band family he's like, he gets to be involved in these things also he's married to guy's sister darlene and they took over Patterson's when old man Patterson died. Which, because I don't know, this is like a, a, an aside, but it has always seemed really obvious to me, sort of on like what Madison was saying earlier, that that Chad ends up dating Guy's sister, like as part of mm-hmm. the thing. I don't know, and I've realized as an adult that maybe that wasn't actually intended, maybe I'm just reading that in there, but for the purposes of this... I... I could see it. Like, he's, like, a very close family friend, at least by the end there. Like, I could see how, like, they could have, like, gotten together at some point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, that's, like, a revenge thing. Like, oh, you're gonna take my spot in this band. I'm gonna date your sister. <laughs> oh, like, 
Are they open on Sundays now? Oh, you know what? Chad? I didn't think about that. Probably. I mean, by 1997, most places. So unless they were like super okay. committed to maintaining the old man's hatred of doing gotcha. Christmas on Sunday, I imagine that they're open. When, TV, what what uh, year is this set in? This is uh, 1997. 97? Yeah, so like 33 years after... The original, I think, was set in 64. And so I purposely put this one in 97 because the movie came out in 96. And so if I say it's a little bit later than that, I don't have to be tied necessarily to all of the where they now things at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, TB, uh, bass player, who I guess Ethan Embry claims he decided was named Tobias, but I'm gone with tv i reject that wholly what the tobias thing no that what t said not what you're okay, doing okay. yeah what, what ethan Embry said yeah. not what you're doing i i support that he's tv player yeah. forever okay, so well, tv is definitely in the movie i didn't i don't have any like set up context for him but he's, he's <laughs> yeah which is kind of i feel like tracks to the original yeah i mean you pretty much described his plot yeah. in the movie the first movie in the movie so reunion blah 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 they're reminiscing they're talking about life. Mm-hmm. Lenny's going on about his divorce. Jimmy's going on about being forced out of the label. At the height of their drunken revelry, they decide that it would be a really great idea. They definitely need to fix up Lenny's restaurant. And TB had gotten okay. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Obviously. Yeah. They really do need to fix Yeah. So TB had gotten uh-huh. into contracting after the war, as determined uh-huh. by the war they now at the end of the original movie. So... This is easy. Uh-huh. This totally makes sense. And they all agree to stay on at Lenny's for a while to help out across at his house and, you know, fix up a restaurant because, of course, they're all talent, like good enough, qualified enough to remodel a restaurant. So the, the next bit I have is just that sort of like reno hijinks and conflicts and see. This is the part I didn't flesh out. Uh, okay. Which okay. I'm sort of mad about because I feel like if it's not obvious already, I'm turning this into the Golden Girls. Oh, uh, Okay. This is a Golden Girls, uh, well, it occurred to me at some point that I was trying to, like, backdoor pilot a reboot of the series, uh, which was not, not my original <laughs> intention, but as I was coming up with ideas, I was like, this is really like a season-long arc. This isn't a movie thing. This is me trying to, like, plot episodes of a television show that doesn't exist. Do the Golden Girls show up in your pitch? Is that... No, like, the, the wonders are the, like, the ideas that the four right. guys are now... And I realize also... Oh. The, that I, so I've got, I've done some sort of planning on this. Lenny is obviously the Blanche of the okay. game. Of course. Guy is the Dorothy. Okay. TV is the Rose. Obviously. Okay. And, oh, Jimmy is the Sophia. In terms of, like, that one was a little bit sketchier, but in terms of, like, crankiness, right. I felt like he... It, the others there. fit much better, and this was yeah. kind of the one that was left yeah. I mean, also, you could I argue, like, but... I guess, from, like, again, from a scheming standpoint, that Lenny is... Sophia, but I, I feel like he's in terms of like which one is most likely to be called Slut Puppy by his friends, I feel like that's going to be Lenny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, absolutely. Because I have also separately done some sorting of the Golden Girls. I think that's where my I sort of dropped the ball on the sorting of the Wonders is really what I've done is sorted the Golden Girls. And so by the, like, the transitive This is amazing. Yeah. The transitive <laughs> property of pop culture, I was trying to sort the Wonders based on their Golden Girls. If you told me at the beginning of your pitch that you're going to get to backdoor piloting the Golden Girls through the movie, that thing you do, I would not have believed you. <laughs> I cannot stress to the listener how we did Avengers all together now that Madison wrote. This is the most alive I've seen them in six months. Oh my god, it's so fucking good. This is the most alive Madison has been on this show in a long time. And it's because that thing you do is backdooring into a Golden Girls pilot. I love it. So, well, with all that said, like, I realized after I had written this that what I hadn't actually done was write in a bunch of the Golden Girl stuff. Like, I had glossed over this part where we're going to get to see how they gotcha. interact in that way. And I also was trying not to cram a bunch of just, like, stick a bunch of references, like, jokes from the movie into the new one. So, but uh-huh. also, I kind of wanted to do a bit where Jimmy's like, which one of you butts forgot to take out the trash? Which one of you butts said we're engaged? Same person who said you had class, Jimmy. I feel like that would go in this section. But this is the section, and while I haven't done it and we can't, this is sort of where you establish their personalities as the okay. respective Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. 
So this point, Guy in particular is really throwing himself into the project, as though he needs a distraction. He continues to sort of just gently deflect questions or discussions about Faye, such that it becomes clear to the viewer, and slowly at least some of the other characters, that something's up. And at some point, Chad and or Lenny is kind of like, you okay, man? Like, are you and Faye all right? Like, what's, what is this? Then Chad gets a call from Darlene that Faye's looking for Guy. She has no idea where he's been. And she needs him to finish moving his stuff out of their house. Guy finally confesses to the guys that he and Faye are separating. He's moving out, and he has not been dealing very well with it. Lenny's like, listen, we can handle the rest of this. We will finish this up. You go take care of your stuff. And if you need somewhere to go, like after you've cleaned all your stuff out of this house, I've got room. You can stay here. Guys, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to impose Lenny's like, fine, pay me rent if that makes you feel better. Fine. <laughs> Sorry, oh, yeah, okay. the, ener- the energy you just sure. brought there was like, fine, pay me no, rent. Lenny's like, listen, if you want to pay me rent, if that yeah. makes you feel better, like, I'm not going to turn down the extra income right now. Especially at least until we sure, see sure, if this right. restaurant thing even works. So you'd be doing me a favor. So Guy says he'll think about it and heads up. To Washington to deal with to deal with the Fay issue. At this point, there's a montage of the others finishing up the restaurant, including hanging the sign revealing that it is now called the Shrimp Shack. Okay. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Guy arrives home, home as it were, where Fay is relieved to see that he's okay, but also really pissed. Like, nice of you to show up here. Like, Fay, don't be like that. I'm sorry. What am I supposed to be like? It, you agree this isn't working, but then you just leave all your things here and take off for a funeral, and I don't hear from you for weeks. So, like, what the hell? This isn't like you. And Guy sort of has, like, a, you know, breakdown. Not breakdown. It's like, I don't know what I'm like. That's the thing. All these pieces from this formative period of my life have suddenly, like, fallen away. And so then I went to Florida, and I was back with the guys again, and... It was working. It was like the one thing from that period of my life that hadn't gone to pot. So we were helping Lenny with his restaurant, and for the first time in a while, the problems in front of me were like actually problems that I could solve. And I could avoid dealing with the fact that moving my things out of our home means acknowledging that this might actually be over. I wasn't ready to do that. So she's like, well, okay, what now? Well, Lenny offered me a spare room, and I'm, spoiler, he's going to take it. For a while, at least. Yeah. What? Yeah, he's going to move in with Lenny. Yeah, I know. <sighs> and pay him yeah. a lot well, of Well, I mean, rent. they were all paying Blanche rent. So yeah. much rent. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's going to, like, rent Lenny's roommate <clears throat> and while he and Faye figure out what's going on. Because I'm envisioning this as, like, one of those sort of midlife marriage crisis separations where, like, there's not something that mm-hmm. happens. Like, she didn't have an affair with Dave Gamblegard. She didn't find out about his costume mistress. They just sort of woke up. The kids are grown and they were like, oh, hey, this is different. Yeah. So we cut back to the grand opening at the shrimp shack. The doors are about to open. Lenny says, man, I can't believe we put all this together. And I didn't like plot out how many weeks they did it in, but in such and such a time. How did we get here? Two guys entering. I led you here, sir. Brian Spartacus. Possibly he's like taking like low key taking <laughs> yeah. off some sunglasses at the time as a little nod. Yeah. So blah blah blah, they welcome him back. The guy sort of quietly takes Lenny aside to say, If you haven't already rented my room, I would like to take you up on that <laughs> offer. And he says, Great, let me introduce you to the other tenants. Well guy was gone, they all decided to stay on. Because they were just like really loving oh. The, the vibe, I guess. Sorry, for some reason I thought like B. Arthur was gonna like be like uh, one of the like you were gonna have the no. other golden girl, like the actual golden girls that cameo yeah. in here. I do like how they're all just like, oh yeah, we're all moving to Florida yeah. and we're staying here. Well, except for Chad, <laughs> who is gonna go back home to Erie and Darlene and the because there can't be five golden girls. That's ridiculous. No. Yeah. But anyway, so Chad's going back to Erie, and we have set up what will surely be a successful series of films or even a television show. Possibly, just saying. Okay. So, are they kind of like going to be like the house band for? The no, I hadn't show? thought about that. Or is it like they're just kind of working? Or are they going to work? I hadn't thought about. It occurred to me that like maybe Jimmy is like the business manager or something. Because let's be honest, Lenny. Sure. I guess Lenny ran a casino or owned a casino. But I feel like in terms of uh, sort of 
having the personality for running a business, maybe Jimmy is more mm-hmm. inclined to that. And also he, I mean, Jimmy had started and run a record label. So I feel like he maybe has more business acumen on that. And that also gives him a, a thing, like a reason, a reason to still be there. Okay. But yeah, no, I didn't thought about the house band thing. I also realized that I have basically put no music in this. Like maybe they're jamming during <laughs> the period where they're like renoing the restaurant by day and then like at the house by night, maybe there's some jamming going on there. Um, that was, that suddenly had very big Fred Willard uh, Supreme Court whatever pitch energy I'm like maybe they're jamming yeah, at night that, that or whatever. Me in this. and actually at the beginning hey uh, the TV player could bring the coffee I'm not doing much writing uh, <laughs> no it occurred to me the original idea was either like they were reuniting because Mr. White has died either for like a, just a private reunion or because there's like some big Ode to Irving concert like that and I realized that I was possibly like shoehorning a mighty wind thing into this as well but ultimately the the private mm-hmm. reunion made more sense plot wise anyway this does have like big christopher guest energy I, like like i i could see like christopher guest like directing this show i'll, I'll take it i i'm a huge christopher guest fan in fact the mighty wind is one of my other probably top three movies of all time oh yeah i watched it for the first time this past year it's amazing no no arguments there it is it's kind of funny that you almost pitched a reunion um show and mr white's honor because we just uh as people are listening to this, the previous episode was school of rock 2 reunion in which they get back together for ba- or for to be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame for one last show so it is kind of wild that we yeah. almost back to back had like one last show movies well when you were saying that I'm, i when you were kind of describing it i'm like oh they're getting back together for one last show i'm like oh this yeah. is funny because we just did that <laughs> we that was the very last episode um but i i think it uh, I'm, I'm glad it turned into the Golden Girls sh- shrimp track. Yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah, other thing uh, I would say is, have you considered they called the, the restaurant O Oh, like a possessive? Because that would be really Jesus. funny, too. Like like O Charlie's, but O I mean, if Shrimp Shack, I, I like Shrimp Shack, don't get me wrong. I was, um, but I, just, I thought you were going to go with they call the restaurant O That would be good, too. Like, I, I mean, I feel like any sort of reference, like that felt like a good place for a reference that wasn't like a home alone 2 style i have just slightly changed the wording of this joke from the original movie kind of thing like it was a nice little sort of quiet Mm -hmm. nod but that i mean anything like i thought i actually briefly considered that he was going to call it like presidential flashcards or something like that but that's a terrible name for a restaurant to your point about um that where we kind of glossed over some of the golden girls um like bits there's definitely a long bit where jimmy is trying to name all of the dishes in his patented oh, yeah. style and it's just like jimmy nobody yeah. knows who's gonna know what these like, are stop jimmy like. well he just starts naming out he just starts naming off shrimp and stuff and it's like a really kind of like cut it's kind of a reference to forrest gump yeah. with bubba gump <laughs> that's true i didn't think about that it just doesn't um, yeah i think they I think they tried to do the jumping over the the parking meter thing again, and they just they're so not old. anymore because they're so. I old. think I actually think that's a good like in um, Age of Ultron that movie. Yeah. I know you've seen Megan, the second Avengers movie, where the Avengers are all a little drunk and they try to lift Thor's hammer. I think the wonders being a, the old wonders being a little drunk trying to jump parking meters is that scene. Like except when, like so like during the. Well, I guess they're all there, but like I, I feel like I like that, except that Chad staunchly refuses to go anywhere near the parking meter. Oh yeah, no, no, been there, done yeah. that, got the arm cast. The thing that I, um, because like the band, like besides Chad, has gone through their whole like kind of like rocker life, or like gone through like the whole musician life, but Chad like has stayed in his in that hometown and like opened a thing. I like the idea that like Chad is like this kind of like buff old guy. Yeah. Like he's kind of like he's like super like the peak of health where they're all kind of like a little bit washed out a little bit. Yeah, um, like he turned the basement of the appliance store like where guy had his drum set. That's now like a gym, like his personal exercise. Yeah. Equipment yeah. area. And he's also like because it's like ninety seven at this point. He's moved on to like oh stereos. And yeah. Stuff and like, right. like other like kind of like high tech stuff. Like I think like he he's. Like, we find out that he is, like, the, um, he owns the progenitor store of Best Buy. Right. Uh, <laughs> the kids, he, like... He fist fought Boss Vic Cost for prominence in the business world of Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, well, yeah, um, I mean, the Three Rivers Mattress King, <laughs> the Three Rivers Mattress King is dead, long live. <laughs> the Three Rivers... <laughs> um, Charlene Theron comes back 
and mm-hmm. she's kind of, I think she's good she's like the old smoking lady at the bar at the shrimp shack like the dentist relationship has happened she's retired to Florida and she's kind of like <laughs> retired from what retired from being uh, married to the dentist yeah 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 moved she's down to called Florida divorced. yeah yeah I like the idea that like the whole the the shrimp shack is like a rotating like thing of people who right. are in the movie like you know like the, like there's always a guest star and it, it's kind of like cheers like where there's just but it's at, like it just peter scarlari has an episode like he comes in and like um brian cranston well, the he, astronaut comes well in at one point. i have some bad news about gus grissom brian cranston can be in it but he can't be gus grissom because he died the guy oh. he played the astronaut he plays famously died in a rocket that ma- missed like or malfunctioned oh. and didn't even get off the landing or the like launch pad Oh, I didn't know that was based on a real guy. I wasn't really yeah. paying attention to that character. What? You weren't paying attention to that weird side for that weird side character for ten seconds. Yeah. Or yeah, he makes it like a stilted joke about Gina Lollobrigida. I was just like, uh, I, I was just surprised that like Brian Cranston yeah. was in the movie. That's what that's what like caught my attention. Um, but I guess this was kind of like height of Malcolm in the Middle, right? I mean, around I would that. say around that I time. That I didn't really watch Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, also like I didn't realize it was Brian Cranston until yeah. I saw his name in the credits or like on IMDb and went, "Wait, what?" And if you like, there's a second where you can see, like you can tell if you're looking, but you have to be paying close attention to the Gus Grissom scene, I think, to realize that that's Brian Cranston. Yeah, I can't remember when Malcolm in the Middle was. It's like you know that thing where like oh it's like oh yeah i love uh those 90s tv shows yeah. but those are actually early 2000s tv shows like like it, it might have been an early 2000s tv show um i'm just basing this off of the wandavision episode it was exactly 2000 2000 okay so it was before so he wasn't really that big i mean he's been um, in a couple episodes in that long but he's just a, yeah. i mean his star making turns as the marriage okay. counselor yeah and the dad from that Christmas one. Yeah. Um, I think you mean the dad from the Brian Cranston Christmas now. Of course. How could I? How could I be so foolish? I want to apologize to Matlock Nation for my crimes here today. Defense rest. I'm sorry. The court of Matlock. The court of Matlock, of course. <laughs> I want to apologize to all the jackasses out there. That Jesus. All right. Well, um, do we have anything else for this, or is it time to uh, close it up? I guess take the needle off the record of. Oh, what's this one called? I mean, I'm open to... I'm calling it that thing you do, or whatever. I don't speak French, but like the French mm-hmm. for two. And I... I mean, I, my oh, okay. original oh, thought yeah. was to call it Golden Guys, but I feel like in Jimmy, the spirit of Jimmy, it should be called Gold Guys. With gold, like gold record. Record, got it. I was thinking the Wonder Years. I, I thought no. maybe that's where you were going with it as well. Um, my other thought was that thing we did. That thing, that thing you do, but spelled with O and E, like number one. Uh huh. <laughs> Jesus, this is pretty that's much fine. every episode, Megan. I said, uh-huh. uh huh. I'm gonna, I guess, press you for what do we? Because we have to call the episode. Oh, we right. call the episode the title of the movie. What is it that you want to go with? I'm sort of mentally. I have to confess, I'm sort of mentally attached to gold guys. Okay. Uh-huh. But yeah. Um, for clarity for people who would maybe be looking for something about that thing you do can we call it that thing you do colon gold guys sorry, i did not make that clear my, my plan okay. is that thing you do okay gold just guys. for people yeah. who might be looking for this they yeah. wouldn't find golden guys and understand immediately what was going on we yeah. love how they look in gold <laughs> they, look, they look great all right well that is that thing you do gold guys madison did she do it i mean she did it she did it um, when, when the plate when like I said, went a place that I didn't expect. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as you said it's a backdoor Golden Girls, I cannot stress how much Madison lit up. I knew the answer at that point. As soon as you said that, no matter what you did, the rest of the movie could have been like them just like <laughs> taking a shit in a bucket, and Madison would have been like, "That's it, oh, best sequel. Yeah. This is it. It's amazing. It's the best sequel uh, ever." Well, if she did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers Podcast. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com, and our Instagram is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. <laughs> I saw you mouthing along there. 
like and we would appreciate a rate and review even if you don't like it even if you hate it even if you want to post things like you like this show idiot yeah you like that idiot that's fine just rate and review yeah, would be that's great. Fine. uh special thanks to the banana boys for our theme song two-step strutton off their debut album technicolor girl from outer space you can find them on facebook twitter and on instagram by searching banana boys and as always they spell that b-o-y-e-s like an oh yes their full album is on all streaming services now I saw you again. I'm watching you. I see you doing it. Megan, do you have anything you'd like to plug anywhere that people can find you if they'd like? Uh, no, I'm going to go write a letter to Tom Hanks. about. The, I'm going to send this to him and see okay. what happens. Tweet right at him. Hey, dear Tam Hogs. <laughs> You're excited. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> well, I'm going to start out by telling him that he's my biggest fan. And then, yes, I will at the end thank him for being a friend. Mm-hmm. Of course. Getting on this pitch, even though I killed his character. Well, uh, the only thing left to do then is, Megan, what are we doing next time? I thought about this, and I decided that in the continuing the theme of things that were important to me in the 90s, I am going to what? (laughs) Oh, O-Town. Yeah, the O-Town. No, I don't think that's a thing. And also, I'm pretty sure that was after 2000. But things that were important to me in the 90s, I'm going to give you the Babysitter's Club movie. Okay. You know... (laughs) When I texted you that you got to pick the next thing we did, one of the things that went through my mind was, she might pick the baby. Is there a Babysitter's Club movie? Because she might There is, and I have a copy of it you can borrow if you want. <laughs> I'm sure we can find it somewhere online. There's a new, t- there's a new TV show. I know. I, know, I haven't I know seen it just TV because... Show. It's like, on Netflix, I, I think, right? They look so young. Like I'm sure they're age appropriate for the role, but man, 13 sure. is really young to me now. I... Um, there's an actor, his name is Mark Evan Jackson. People know him as Sean from The Good Place. Um... He's in the new Jumanji movies. He doesn't. I think he's one of those actors. Megan, where okay. if you saw him, you'd recognize him. Um, I think he's in Parks and Rec as well. It's okay. some doing something. But anyway, he just had like a big birthday a, a number, last year, and they did this whole thing where it was like, oh, we're gonna do a long stream of like for this hour. It's like the cast of this show he was on, and they're gonna talk and and then he's in that Babysitters Club show, I guess. And then so like the last one they do is just him and all these like teens <laughs> and it was just a super weird thing i didn't it watch it but it just dads or something yeah the like the screenshot of the zoom meeting and i think there's like a moderator or something as well but it was just him and all these like teen girls on zoom <laughs> and it was just super weird but anyway with that energy tune in next time for the babysitter's club movie two so for the equalizers i'm madison jones i'm megan knoll i'm mike knoll It was built in 1767, and then later in the 1800s, someone turned it into a greenhouse. Did we even have a country back then? No, but we had a lot of diphtheria. I'm writing a novel about the first nurse in America. To be continued. Thanks for being on, Megan. We enjoyed that thing you you. did. God. (laughs) Hehe. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. Then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead, and we'll do that two-step strut. Come on, dance with me.